Welcome to the Lights On Show. I'm your host, Jacob Morrison, and this is a podcast about self-development. In this week's episode, I talk with Maverick Brady, a future missionary and a young college student, and we talk about the ways in which we can become young adults and become independent on our own. If you enjoy this episode, it brings some value to your life. Please be sure to follow me on Twitter, and please, please, please leave a rating on whatever platform you're on. Let's me know that I'm doing something right. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, Maverick. I actually do not know your last name. What's your last name? Brady. Oh, yeah. That's because in seminary, it was like the Brady Bunch. Anyways, how are you feeling today? Dude, I'm doing amazing. How about you? I am great. It is Friday. We did, we just got done with the stupid assembly at school, and I that means assemblies. yeah, I, I always gonna try to skip it, but it was one of those A B schedules. Yeah, uh, so we couldn't. Well, like if I wasn't gonna be performing today in the orchestra, I would have been long gone. Well, yeah, I always get my mom. I'll call my mom like third period as soon as I find out. Like, yo, mom, uh, get me out of this class. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> I feel you. Like, give me the blue slip. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so, um. Obviously, you're a new guest here, so how about you kind of give a background, explain who you are, what you do, your perspective to the audience. So, as most of you don't know, like Jacob said, my name is Mavic Brady. Um, So, as of right now, I'm a running storage student over at Pierce College. Um, Like, I've been doing this for the past two years because I'm a senior. Yeah. Um, I do take one class at GK like Jacob knows, and that would be orchestra. I've been playing the violin for roughly 10 years, I would think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, you know, I'm just getting my general associates right now before I'm leaving on my mission. And talk about the mission, as I just said, I'm part f- a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, and the mission, you know, it's two years. I'll be going down to the Mexico-Tijuana mission, I leave for the Missionary Training Center down in Mexico on August 13th. And um, once I come back, I'm planning to um, either go to Embry-Riddle down in Prescott, Arizona. Yeah, Embry-Riddle is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, Central Washington, Mm -hmm. because both of them have an aviation program. So I'm going to finish up and get my bachelor's in aeronautical science, then become a commercial pilot. There you go. That's exactly and. I want to touch on the audience before we get too far into it. The main reason why I wanted to have someone on the show uh, that is in his position is because he is about to go on a mission. He's in that grind, spiritual, gospel you know, stage of his life right now um, where it's, I wouldn't say, say high stakes, but it's a lot of just uh, grit and grind and um, it's a lot of becoming a man really fast or adulting really fast and i think that if you meet any missionary whether you're a member of the church remember or if you're not you always get the before i mean you always get the you always get the after yeah, perspective or yeah or the during perspective and i think it'd be really cool to be able to understand uh a day in the youth of the before perspective mm-hmm. so that's just kind of a little um intro and obviously i hope you guys have listened to multiple episodes and understand that i'm also a member of the church of Jesus Christ latter-day saints um and before we get, again, too far into it, if you guys don't want to listen to something like this, um, don't, don't get mad. Just don't listen. You know, this is America. Uh, however, if you are interested uh, in learning something like this, uh, it's going to be a great episode. I just know it. I, I know this guy. I've known him for a while, and he's a really cool guy. And I think we'll be able to talk about some serious stuff that you can apply to your life regardless. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, anyway, so jumping right into it now. I think I've said it like four or three times now. But anyways... Um, how did you prepare for your mission, spiritually, mentally, physically? If you want to kind of jump from one to one to one, uh, that'd be great. But especially yeah. as someone who is also in a process of preparing for a mission, um, or even just youth that are listening to this, that are preparing to become mm-hmm. an adult, how how are you doing it? Yeah. So the first thing when I think about it, um, when growing up in the church, we always think about one day serving a mission. We always see the missionaries at church. We see... Looking at them like almost an envy, like, oh, man, a missionary is so cool. Exactly. And like both my parents, um, my dad served down in the Philippines. My mom, who's from the Philippines, also served her mission in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was another thing to look up to. It's like, hey, both my parents did this. Um, Then you see the elders and the sisters in in your ward constantly every Sunday. And you're like, oh, my goodness, that's so cool. Like you said, you're almost envying them so you know it's not to say you're getting brainwashed you know when you're a kid yeah yeah. 
but it was something always there that it's like you know one day I want to do this. Yeah. I want to go out and um, what's the word? Um, serve Christ and yeah. let others know of the love of Christ and, and the and the the joy that you experience. At least that's what I think of. Like I want others to experience what I feel. Exactly, and like like even if I don't, you know go out and help people come unto Christ, like, showing Christ-like love and those attributes, that's such an important thing. Like, if no one can um, show how much people love each other, then, you know, our world is going to go down. But going out yeah. on a mission, it actually shows how much, you know, people care. We're giving up um, one and a half years for the sisters and up to two years for the elders of time that we could have been at home furthering our education, but we're going out, serving others, and, you know, helping them grow and become closer unto Christ. Yeah, and like you said, even even if they aren't going and they're not being baptized and converted, they're still being shown love and exactly. happiness. Um, that there is hope in the world because some people like to be really pessimistic, and I think that missionaries just show optimists. Like, yeah, they just the love. They just like ooze out love and optimism exactly so and nothing wrong with that so yeah but so you know that was when i was a lot younger you know a child down in primary Mm -hmm. but um when i became well when i turned 12 being a deacon that's when a lot of stuff started clicking into place like you know that's when you first become ordained to the divine priesthood and, and we were talking about earlier this week about all the like the the importance and the emphasis that we need to not forget about the ironic priesthood. Yeah, uh, like there's so much saving ordinances or you know power yeah. that comes through it. Like you know, um, it's it, it allows us to be baptized. It allows us to renew our baptismal cov- covenants through taking the sacrament yeah. every week. So, you know, starting, you know, passing the sacrament and um, being a quorum president, just showing, you know, that Christ-like love and being able to, um, what what's it called, be, be a representative of Christ. Yeah. You know, I wasn't to say preparing for a mission then, but by doing that, it was preparing me to, you know, go out and show that love to everyone else. That yeah. I sowed. Do, do you know what I'm yeah, trying to so say? Yeah, so I'm trying to like almost summarize it. So it's almost like you're saying that the way that you were preparing was just knowing the answer or like almost not planning, but like like you knew what you wanted. You yeah. had the end in mind. Yeah. You knew you wanted to go on a mission for a really long time. So you're able to allow that kind of yellow to brick road to exactly. drive you. Like, like you said, I knew what I wanted in life. Yeah. Like you know, you you can't do everything, exact um, straight in stone. Follow you know, yeah. Devote straight there. You're gonna go left and right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I knew exactly what I wanted to do in the end game, and you know, I'm working my way there. Yeah. Um, but what truly hit me was when I turned 16 and became a priest and started going out with the missionaries more. The elders in my ward would continuously ask me, saying, Hey, Maverick, can I get a ride here? Can you help me out with this lesson? Can you be the third member? Um, because you can't, as an elder, as elders, you cannot go into a single sister's house, you know, just as the two of you. So you need a third member with you. So the elders would always um, text me, call me, saying, Hey, can you come over and help us out with this? And, you know, actually going out and talking with them it showed me what missionary work is and helped me um, want to do it even more. So, uh, so again, to summarize it, it's like you're saying that practice, that you just practice it. You, you prepared by going and doing it and by not being scared, by taking it, you know, by the horns and be like, you know what, this is what I want to do. I'm not going to let anything stop me. Exactly. I'm even going to practice one before I'm even of age. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I just continuously did that, but, um, you do you know what? Uh, I mean, do you know what Camp Helaman is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Camp Helaman's like a a huge like. Uh, I'll I mean, I'll let you explain it, but yeah, I, I know what Camp Helaman. Yeah, is. so 
So for everyone who's listening that doesn't know what Camp Helaman is, it's a um, four-day um, camp during the week where priests, so young men, the ages of 16 to 18, can go and help build the testimony in Christ. And it helps us prepare to go on a mission. During that time, during my first year at Camp Helaman, you know, I was just a regular camper. But the thing that hit me the most was the Enos experience. Um, and that's when we go out into the woods for roughly an hour or two and, you know, read our scriptures and pray. And like, like we talked about, I always knew at the end ga- my end game, I wanted to go out and be a missionary and, you know, serve the Lord. But during that time, you know, I prayed and asking, Christ, when do you want me to go? How do you want me to prepare? And, like, I didn't get my answer right away. Yeah. But it, as I continued going out with the missionaries, I just, you know, got that peaceful feeling inside saying, hey, this is exactly what I want you to do. And, you know, I never got to answer exactly, like, when I should go out and serve my mission. But I knew without a doubt that this was, Christ wants me to do and that um, just continuously go out with the missionaries as much as possible because that's you know the best way yeah, to just, just ultra preparation yeah, yeah that's you being a missionary literally um, yeah. just maybe not full time but yeah yeah and then I would say fast forward to you to next year's Camp Helaman. Um I prayed once again saying when do I need to continuously prepare for a mission and to actually go on one and with that I got a definitive answer saying I want you preparing now I want you out next year I just that thought process wouldn't leave my mind it's always I want you there next year so at the end of the summer I went and talked with my bishop and said hey I want to go serve a mission and we just started the paperwork there. And, you know, during that entire time, just constantly going out with the missionaries and talking with my friends about the gospel. Like, left and right, my friends would be asking, saying, Oh, Maverick, how does the church um, go on um, Joseph Smith? Do you guys worship him as, you know, a god? Or, um, you know, all these random church questions, which you wouldn't think, as a member, wouldn't be out there. But... Those they were just continuously asking those questions, and luckily I had that friendship built with the, them, and I told them, saying, I don't know yet, but I'll get back to you. And I was just able to learn about those answers, learn about those questions, and um, be able to know more about the church, gain my testimony in Christ mm-hmm. and in the church itself, and you know, go back and talk with them about what the question is or correct them. Like some some people, it, this was super weird and it happened a couple of weeks no, earlier this week, I believe, in my political science class. One of the guys I sat next to said that members of the Church of Jesus Christ were not allowed to use condoms. <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out of all things. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well... I, after class, you know, I wasn't going to make a scene during the class about that. But I'm like, that's incorrect. There's, we we could use condoms all we want. Yeah, just you have to be married and everything. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. It's like, you got to wait until marriage. After marriage, you know, you can use your birth control. You can use those, the condoms. Like, we just, we believe that um, sex and, you know, all that intimate, yeah, yeah, intimacy. Yeah, should come after marriage. Yeah. So it needs to be like it needs to be real and like loved, and, and it, it's not it's not a toy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like just like that. There's tons of questions which you know I can easily say right off the bat, but then there was t- tons of other questions which you know I didn't know. It's a lot trickier. Yeah. Uh, especially when you do have a like a straight investigator that just pulls almost it seems like questions out of a hat that you haven't really thought of because it's been like you've been used to it like like yeah. you've been in the gospel so long you're just like wait 
What? Wait, what? Exactly. Yeah. Like, people think that of us? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, that that's one of the big things is actually allowing your friends to, you know, ask those questions and... Being comfortable. Being, yeah, comfortable to actually talk about it. Like, th- that's what I would say for everyone if you're thinking about going on a mission. Putting yourself out there to have those questions being asked to you because if if you're not willing to get those questions asked and even answer them now this in my opinion there's no point of you wanting to go on a mission right now because once you're out there those questions are going to be asked to you on a daily yeah all the time yeah and you know if you can't answer them now with a friend and say hey i don't know this imagine a investigator and you, you're telling them that you don't know this, you're rep- representing the entire church, that that could, you know... It could, you know, ruin a potential a potential connection. Yeah. Uh, and plus, uh, like, I mean, you're going to Tijuana, Mexico, so not only are you in a new environment that you've never been exposed to before, but you are in a... Com- like, it's not just like going from East Coast to West Coast, it's like going from America to Mexico, and having to speak an entirely different language, having to be in different weather climates, different cultures, food. Exactly. I mean, it, there's so much stuff. So, like you said, you've become so comfortable already that, yeah, there's going to be a learning curve when you get to Mexico. But it's like you've already experienced learning curves before, so you know how to emotionally handle a struggle. Yeah. Like, if you don't exper- experience them before you go out, it's, you're going to be hitting a brick yeah, wall, by the way. And you're not going to have any drill to help or any, yeah. you're going to have any sledgehammer to help you break it down. Like, you know, you're going to have a senior companion with you that's going to help you out, help keep you going. But in my opinion, and I bet you would agree, yeah, yeah. you need that experience for so. Absolutely. So like, you know, you'd rather get knocked down by a friend that you trust and which won't, you know, keep it against you comparison to a person that you don't even know. They don't know you, but they want that answer. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, so that's, I think that definitely hits a lot of spiritually and mentally. Well, maybe not as much, but anyway, so, um, I think non gospel related, how have you prepared to become an adult, um, to become a, a man, to become, to, to move out of your parents' house? Like what type of things, I mean, obviously I think you're a type of person, especially Emmy too, but like we relate a lot of our worldly things with our spiritual things and they just kind of go hand in hand. But if you can maybe pick out some specific things that aren't like 100% scriptural or gospel oriented that you've done that helped you prepare to become an adult. That's a hard one because like you said, everything is so spiritually connected. But I I don't know, the most simple thing which I would think about that comes right off the, the top of my head be actually going shopping without you know your parents <laughs> like <laughs> just going shopping without you that's yeah. awesome i've never heard that before well, well like when you think about it like you know your mom and dad might say hey go to winko and hey can you go buy this yeah and you know as m- i can't speak for the rest of the teenage population but most of them they they don't know saying oh where this item is on the shelf yeah like i know my mom goes shopping for the house so yeah but like you know actually going out there Knowing how to purchase items that you need, and knowing how to cook, or like meal prep too, like figuring out what meal, well, what ingredients you need for what meals. Yeah, like for myself, what I don't hate cooking, but for sure it's not you know my favorite thing to do. I'd yeah. rather be out playing sports or hanging out with friends. But knowing how to cook is important because you know without food, you're not gonna be living you're gonna die yeah you're not gonna have any fuel or even then even if you don't teach yourself how to cook you'll hit that like freshman 15 and then you'll just eat a whole bunch of garbage food you're gonna feel groggy you're gonna get you're gonna lose your hair you're gonna get fat you're gonna get just you know it's just not healthy to be eating garbage food that's instant all the time yeah this is more expensive too you go mcdonald's and you buy mcdonald's every single night Uh, that's a lot more expensive than but of cooking your own meals. Yeah. And it's like when you think about it, the freshman experience, top ramen, yeah. top ramen, and top ramen. Yeah. Like you're going to get, yes, you'll be able to survive off of it, but, you know, your body's going to hate you eventually. Yeah, it's not going to feel good. Yeah. So, you know, learning how to cook, learning, like, even, you know, the simplest of meals. 
yeah, seriously, like I taught myself, or at least I had my stepbrother kind of help me and teach me in just making a basic chicken, like just putting a little bit of oil on chicken, some rub, and putting it on the grill. Super simple, but I would have never known if I wouldn't have taken like a ten minutes to learn it. Yeah, like before I was sixteen, you know, I almost refused to be in the kitchen unless my mom said, "Hey, man, <laughs> come help me with this." But yeah. um, when I turned sixteen, I was like, "Heck, let's." get an easy um, summer job. And I, I went down and worked at the fair at Earthquake Burgers. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, it's just french fries and a burger. But, you know, learning how to cook. I mean, I mean, getting a little better at, like, hand-eye coordination yeah, when it comes to food exactly. stuff. And then, like, talking with all these older people that were working there, like, there's chefs at all these other restaurants, and just mm-hmm. seeing how passionate they are about, you know, actually cooking the food it just you know clicked with me saying there's actually something i need to learn when getting out into the real world so yeah i would say for everyone you know learning how to cook learning how to go shopping for goodness sakes yeah like it's not like we're living out in well in our area it's not like we can go into our backyard and you know go shoot a deer yeah (laughs) like you know this deer here and there yeah but for everything especially with living in the United States, you go to the local grocery store and buy what you need. And then you cook it. Exactly. Um, that's really awesome that you were able to expand so much on that. Um, and then I don't know if you've prepared, like, physically. Like, have you, like, is there certain, like, habits that you've changed or certain, um, like, I would say physical habits, like working out or healthy eating. Or yeah. so, is there anything that you've done that, to prepare? Well, just like you said, healthy eating like, mm-hmm. as a teenager, you know, you don't really care what you're putting into your body. Yeah. You just... You drink a pack of, of Mountain Dew, like, no problem. Yeah. Well, like, when I walked inside the ha- your house, you were just eating chips. <laughs> okay. You were I was lazy. starving, though. I was starving, bro. But but that's a, exactly yeah. the point, though. It's, like, um, the physical aspect, you're putting um, not the most nutritionist food yeah. in. So, like, I've been watching what I've been eating, because... I got no clue what I'm going to be eating down in Tijuana. Oh, yeah. Like... We don't know. Yeah. Like, when we think about Tijuana itself and just looking it up, you think, okay, fish tacos, and that's not bad stuff. I yeah. love that. But I'm just not serving in, you know, the actual city of Tijuana. You're I'm, serving in a huge yeah. area around I'm going there. at least three-fourths the way down to Baja Peninsula, and I got no clue what they're going to be eating. So... um. Learning how to actually eat healthy now, like, it will implement when I'm down there as well. Just, you know, being able to eat and maintain my body. Mm -hmm. And then the working out process. I haven't been recently with how much college work, not the best at going to the gym. Yeah, no, I definitely experienced that though. So I completely understand. Yeah, but like at least once a week I would go out, like I told you before we started this, go out and play basketball with my friends yeah for like three four hours a night yeah and you, even now yeah you have your uh you, you have a thing at seven thirty. so yeah the basketball yeah but yeah like when i have time you know i go out go to the gym lift weights but you know just make sure that you know you're getting some kind of physical activity going and not you know just sitting down on a couch playing video games or watching tv yeah like all the time and like, obviously like there's nothing bad with that but it's finding the balance between activity and non-activity and allowing your heart rate and your lungs to stress themselves and allow that um it helps keep you young yeah and like you know try to get what's the saying 60 minutes a day of exercise that's gonna help you out so much michelle obama thing by the way (laughs) (laughs) i just want to add it up i remember michelle obama get out and play 60 minutes a day sorry keep going but you know that (sighs) michelle obama (laughs) but that <laughs> oh, don't die on me. Choking my water. <coughs> Cracked me up though. But no offense to them, but you know that sixty minutes though it gets your heart rate up. It helps you, you know, stay young, just like you said. And like even though when I'll be down in Tijuana walking everywhere I go, like on a mission paperwork it said. Are you able to walk 10 to 15 miles every single day? And, you know, that 60 minutes of cardio or whatever. Yeah, just activity. Yeah, it just, you know, builds up that stamina. So 
yeah, just being able to get ready now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Sorry just about uh, totally, don't die. totally dying, bro. You said Michelle Obama started laughing. It's like <laughs> <laughs> straight. Sorry, dying. Do you want to make a Trump joke next? <laughs> hey, we could do that too. We'll have, to, we'll have to fit it in. Love love doing that. I think it's so fun. Um, anyways, um, um, all right. So, being that you're almost there, you're om- I mean, obviously, all seniors are about to graduate, but we still have mm-hmm. this like summer break period of still being a child. Um, but what, you're leaving in July, or August. Um, you're leaving August, so um, early August, though, right? August thirteenth. Yeah, so, so mid. Pretty early, mid, yeah. but and in that whole time that you're doing uh, between the summer, you're probably just be grinding out scripture stuff and yeah. and doing a lot of you know adulting that we just previously talked about. So being that you're almost there, so yeah, you're graduating and you're really about to go out forever. Like even when mm-hmm. I'm in college, I'll at least be able to call my mom. I yeah, mean, you on call, the daily. I, yeah, on, on the daily, I'll be able to receive um, like uh, it's just me a different community, right? Yeah. Um, so being that you're there. How do you feel about that? Like, what are your thoughts, your emotions, your, yeah, like, how do you, how are you processing that? Well, as of right now, um, um, I only have 88 days, I believe, until I leave, and it's kind of scary thinking, saying, I, I've literally lived in the Puyallup area my entire life, and thinking I'm going to be going down to Tijuana yeah, a, literally a place I've never been. Like I've been to the Philippines a handful of times. Yeah, but Mexico, out of all places, never been there. Got no clue what to expect. You know, it's uh, I'm in a way I'm scared. Cause when I was looking up, around seventy percent of all the drugs that come up through South America comes through, through Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's kind of scary. A little nerve wracking, just a yeah, little bit. And, um, there was roughly three thousand deaths just from the cartel that last year. So, just knowing about that, it's you know it can be a little nerve wracking, a little, uh, it's, a, it, a little uh, bit of of a nipple twister, just yeah, a little yeah. bit. But um, but yeah, but like being gospel, going back to the gospel part, I know that um, God sent me there for a reason. Yeah. So, even though you know all the drugs, cartel, all the stray dogs. I yeah, and being nervous at the same time, I'm also comforted yeah. knowing that the Lord will, will, will provide yeah, a way. Exactly. Um, here, one second. This I love the scripture because um, that popped in right away when he said that. Yeah, well, I was thinking because like Brother Williams at Mission Prep, uh, he was talking about like he just kept drilling in our head like the Lord is going to provide a way. You don't have that reservoir built up, that's fine. The Lord's yeah. going to provide a way. The Lord's going to provide a way. And plus, we're told about that just in our daily lives. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So the scripture, it's within the Book of Mormon. All right. It's First Nephi 3.7, and it states, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, said unto my father, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. For I know that the Lord giveth no commandment unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the things which he commanded them. That fits in right there. Like, the Lord called me to Tijuana for a specific reason. I don't know what the reason is. You don't know what the nope. reason is. No one knows what the reason is. Only God knows and Christ knows. And just reading that, yes, I'm terrified of, you know, possibly dying down there. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, being a guy from Puyallup, Washington, a United States citizen, going down to Tijuana, yeah. nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking. Yeah, for bit. two years. But... Like it says within description of what you just said, God will prepare a way. So, am I scared? Yes. But at the same time, I'm comforted because I know I'm going to be safe down there. And if something bad does happen, I know my Father in Heaven will protect me and help me through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's really awesome to hear that because I think a lot of people struggle with this grasp of anxiety or this grasp of everything is... Everything is random. Like everything has no purpose. Like whatever. Um, but a lot of people, like yeah, they're just scared of things, or they think that uh, if one bad thing happens to them, that's it. They're yeah. over. Um, but they don't understand that the you know their heavenly father may still I mean, they still have a plan. Yeah. Right. Um, well, well, like I even say to my friends that are non-members and yeah. who doesn't really want to talk about the gospel um, or anything church-related, and I just. Even talking with them, 
when dad comes up saying all these random things are happening to me but then I ask them what came through those you know random things that brought you down did you gain any experiences from that did you gain any wisdom yeah and what do you think they've always said? They always go to the pessimistic. I, I feel like there's, I mean, there's two different ways. Like people could answer with a pessimistic um, response or they like, you know, optimistic response. Yeah. I don't know what your friend is, um, yeah. but well, go for like, it. Like majority of them, and this may or may not be you, but they come out with at least one thing that they can say they grew, grew from. Yeah, so, so more of an optimistic approach. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to go next to those people that you know come out with the negative saying yeah oh this happened this happened i lost my friends because of this but then i would always come back with them saying if you lost your friend from something that's sm- that it may may have not been small to them but you know in hindsight of the entire life you know being a 16 year old drama you know it's kind of small yeah it's, it's pretty significantly yeah. small but then i i tell them saying how true true of a friend are they if something this small can hurt that entire friendship? Yeah. And, you know, that may not be something they want to hear at the time. But, you know, as you and I know, if they're a true friend, they'll always be there no matter what. Yeah. No matter how hard stuff may be or no matter how much you put them down negatively, they'll be there to help you. Yeah. And, and like, they'll be able to understand the relationship. Yeah. And... Uh, I was gonna talk something about drugs, like, like when when we look at watch TV or whatever, like, you know, there's always that hidden plot of, what well, sometimes it's not hidden, sometimes it, you know it's right there. How you know at first they're addicted to the drugs, but mm-hmm. later on, when they finally go through rehab and everything else, they finally say how, um, how much the drugs negatively impacted their lives and how they wish, you know, they never started it. Um, you know, that most people may not be into the drug aspect, but like even with a simple argument with your brother, it may not be, you know, that big at a time. I mean, it may seem like the biggest thing ever, but there's always something you can come out with a positivity. Yeah. Like, and like our trials define us. Yeah. So even if your trial sucks, you think it sucks right now. The bigger picture and the long term effect is that that trial makes you the person you are at that moment. Yeah. And like what I would say to everyone is that no matter how small of a thing, well, how big of a problem you may look that you're facing, yeah, you may you may think that you have yeah the worst whatever ever, and no one else can um comprehend what you're going through but just remember that no matter how low it gets it's going to hit rock bottom eventually and it can only go up from there yeah and just how my mindset is and i recommend it for everyone is try to find the positives in everything yeah i do that all yeah, the time i right. always just try to look at something like man uh well I, i'm just trying to give an example real quick but like um shoot <sighs> I don't know, I mean, like, like my classes right now, like they're really hard, right? Yeah. And it kind of sucks that I put myself through that. But even though the class is really hard and it has sacrificed a lot of things, um, like f- free time in a sense, um, but I feel like a completely different person from the beginning of the school year till now. Yeah. Um, and that's a trial I went through, and that's made me the person I am today. Real quick, though, um, I tell people every single time they see me, or like sometimes I'll just bring this. Sometimes I'll just bring this up, but I'll say you're talking or you're looking at the best version of me that there is mm-hmm. right now, and that's true because up until this point, everything that's been in my history has led and has, in a sense, I hate to use the word perfected because only Christ was perfect. Yeah, but it's 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 led to the it made betterment you to who you are now. Yeah, like um, without you know our past experiences. We wouldn't be the people we yeah. are now. So, and I think you have a great point with the whole thingy positive. Like, it's unfair to put everything into a negative connotation when those things are so helpful if we look at it from a bigger perspective. Yeah. Like, you know, no one wants to do on the negative aspects yeah. of life. But, you know, like, I, coming from a music background, mm-hmm. I love to nitpick everything. Say, oh, I can't. I pl- 
play this note slightly out of tune. Mm-hmm. I came in a second too early. And, you know, finding those negative aspects. But then through those negative aspects, I knew what I could improve on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you can put that, like, you don't need to do that in the music aspect. You can put that into, you know, your daily lives. Literally everything. Yeah, like, you find the smallest thing that didn't work out. You're like, how can I fix this? How can I improve this on my life? And, you know, as a life in whole, it becomes better because you found what you could fix and you fix it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, that, that was beautifully spoken. Um, um, this is a good one. And I want, I think this is more of a question that I've been thinking of myself since I've asked myself this question multiple mm-hmm. times. Um, what does it feel like knowing you're worthy of the keys to the Lord's kingdom. Cause yeah. I obviously, you know, in, in doctrine covenants 84 it talks about, um, he that receiveth my priesthood receiveth me. He that receiveth me receiveth the father. He that receiveth my father receiveth his kingdom. Yeah. How does that make you feel that you can do that? It, it's comforting to sense knowing that our father in heaven trusts us so much that he would give us that ability in our lives as of right now mm-hmm. to hold those keys and to have those responsibilities. Like, you know, none of us are perfect, but yet over the love that our Heavenly Father gave us and has and for us. And the atonement of Christ. Yeah. And, and that was even more love, too. Yeah. He, he allows us to have that ability in our life and to exercise that. And it can only, you know, grow your faith. Um, but to continue on that with Doctrine and Covenants 84, correct? Yeah. Um, what scares me the most is knowing about the Oath and Covenant, um, which, you know, you talked with President Barker about. Um, once you make it, you cannot turn away from it. And Absolutely if you not. do turn away from it, you can never be forgiven. Yeah, it's like, it's like, that's like the one exception to the forgive and forget policy yeah. that they have. And <laughs> it, like, knowing that, it scares the living crap out of me, yeah. you know, saying if I mess up and turn away from the church, if everything that I've been taught to this point and to what you've been taught to this point is true, and one day I decide this can't be true and, you know, go away from the church, and once we die, it's true, I'm screwed. Yeah. Um, so. I found that interesting because I like that you're almost thinking like in a what if situation, like obviously, you know, you love the gospel, yeah. you love the church, you love Christ, all those things. Um, and I don't personally see you turning away from it, especially becoming a missionary. But I think it's kind of interesting. I think it's kind of funny that you still give yourself a what if situation. Like, man, yeah. what if I end up being totally stupid, my future self and do it just turn away? Yeah. Um, I was watching this YouTube video last night with President Hinckley. Um, Super old. He's yeah, I way back him. there. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, he's not that far back. Well, but yeah. Just yeah like we, it, but we were a lot yeah. younger yeah, we, when we were he babies. Was still a prophet. But I'm not sure how the quote exactly goes. But he said, well, if this entire thing is a big fat lie, well, it's one good lie, and we'll only know about it um, when we're dead. So if it's a lie, what harm can come through it but if it's the truth and this is the gospel that's been restored to these latter days it's scary to think about if I do turn away I can never be forgiven for my sins Yeah, but it's one of those things that I've thought about a lot knowing that next month I'll be you know getting ordained into the Melchizedek priesthood and and doing endowments. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like becoming a rea- reality that you would think from a from a youth and when you were younger, one day I'll become this. Now it's right around the corner. It's super scary, but at the same time, comforting knowing that I've lived my life the way Christ has li- wanted me, mm-hmm. and that our Father in Heaven wanted me to live, and they're giving me the ability to hold those responsibilities and hold those keys and exercise them. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And I think I remember president Barker was talking about like, you can have the authority to do it. Like 
there's like two different sides. Like you have like the authority and then like the actual like doing it part of it. Yeah. So that's a good point. It's like, yes, we're worthy of doing it, but it's also like we're excited yeah. to um, practice it. Yeah. To use it. I, I always think about faith, faith without works is dead. Yeah. Like if we're not constantly using, you know, the priesthood in this aspect, it's almost dead to us. Like, yes, we may be worthy of it, but are we magnifying our calling yeah. as a priesthood holder? Yeah, for sure. Um, how do you think that those feelings that you have now have adjusted uh, your life, such as attitudes, goals, family life, or schooling? I mean, and you can briefly, briefly tell, well, you can, you know, don't yeah. feel like you're rushed or feel like yeah. you need to extend or do well, whatever fits. I don't know. I just recently, like after I turned in my papers with President Mark and had th- those interviews, everything's been more calm and relaxed. Yeah. Like, you know, we're still going to have tests. We're still going to get that test anxiety. Yeah. But then um, everything just calms down. And I don't know. It's so hard to explain this feeling. Yeah. um, But, like, I feel warm. Like, you know that? Burning bosom? Yeah, burning bosom. There you go. But, you know, it's in my chest and it just... I just have such a calm feeling and recently nothing's truly been worrying me. Like, you know, we like I said, with the test, you know, you'd still worry about it saying, okay, what truly is this answer? Am I going to get it right? Am I going to get yeah, it wrong? Yeah. Like you're still like obviously yeah. actively learning Yeah, as a student. Yeah. I'm, you're worried left and right. Yeah. But in the big picture, like I'm just as calm as I can be. I can't even remember the last time I was, as calm and composed as I am as of right now. It's something that, you know, I want to keep for the rest of my life. And obviously, you know, I'm, there's going to be times when I'm not going to feel this way. I might yeah. feel, you know, not like, um, depressed or whatever. Yeah. But, well, there's lots of emotions. Yeah. You still have a lot of life to live and exactly. emotions to feel and stuff. But yeah. But, yeah, just this knowing everything. And since I turned in my papers... Just having everything says been relaxed. I I don't need to. Worry, I haven't been worrying about anything. Like I know that, like we talked about earlier, everything will be put into our lives for a reason, and that God has prepared a way for us. And just I, I, that's been constantly in the, the back of my mind, and I, you know, just haven't been worrying about it. And you know, putting in everything I can, but then. I can just notice it more. Christ has, you know, picking up the slack and yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I definitely experienced that too. Um, I think my moment, you know, you said that that moment happened almost like when you turn in your paperwork, mine happened when president Barker called me up at a youth conference. It kind of showed me, cause I think some of my struggles, uh, kind of going to this becoming a man thing was like, uh, especially since I was like, I had to become like reactive, whatever mm-hmm. reactive, not like a chemical reaction, but like I had to become yeah. reactive in the church and I had that huge process I had to go through. I think the biggest thing for me is I, I was questioning on if I thought I was worthy and I was like contemplating, not contemplating, but like, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I had done enough. Yeah. Um, I was struggling with like that, not, I hate to say guilt, but like, it was just like, yeah, just not enough. But having him say that and, you know, being like, you know, this brother right here, I start crying my eyes up because, like, that was what I needed. That that was the confirmation I needed to understand that I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. Yeah. Um, I'm living a, a Christ. I'm living the Christ-like life I should be living. I'm living, mm-hmm. living righteously. I'm, you know, I'm growing my testimony, stuff like yeah. that. So I definitely—I— I, I think I, I think I know what you're talking about mm-hmm. because this is a huge thing I felt, especially since youth conference, yeah. is this sense of calm. Well, like thinking back to, we had freshman English together. Did we have? Yeah, we did have freshman. Jensen. Yeah, <laughs> ninth grade, fourth period. Oh my goodness! I hate it. It's just yeah. so annoying. You know, um, in that time of your life, you know, you weren't that active at the church. Yeah. You yeah. know, your dad, your stepdad, and your mom would push you to all these different <laughs> yeah. activities. And when I would see you, you know, you'd always 
have that facing. I don't want to be here. I want to go back home. I want to go yeah. play soccer or yeah, whatever go, you go want to do. Go play video games. Go be with, yeah. yeah. Go be with your friends. But then seeing you now, it's like a complete 180. Yeah. And you remember the day when the first time you came to seminary, I was walking out of my car. Hyvo was, was there as well. We just looked at We were like, Jacob's here. <laughs> what what what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> like what's up, dudes? Yeah, but yeah, just like you said, um, your your life has changed so much, and coming from me, who's been known you since freshman year, yeah, I can see it, and it's um, remarkable. Well, I I do appreciate that, but I mean, you know, I also you know I I told Riley this, you know, Riley, yeah, you know Riley Schneider, you guys were on yeah. the youth committee, but I was talking to him about how, um. It's like the idea of like you're not alone in this and hearing like people like you share your testimony, hearing your trials and all that to hearing his trials, hearing hearing Aiden Moek's trials, hearing all these other youth that are in the area or just my peers. Uh, it's like that. It's, it's almost like the same confirmation President Barker gave me. It's like the OK, some this is good. This you know, I, I'm I'm making my way downtown, you know, cruising along. You know, I'm like that one song. Jesus, take the wheel. It actually came on yeah. the other day while I was driving my Jeep. Was, I was like, yo, this is my song right now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was just a really cool confirmation process to be able to hear that. And it felt so warm, peaceful, calm. And yeah, like you said, right, I'm still worried about my school. I'm still trying to get the best grades I can hand. But the idea of being worried of moving out, of being an adult has yeah, gone down. Well, then talking with President Barker, like, I've been a member my entire life. I've been active my entire life. Mm-hmm. But it's just a thing when I was preparing to go talk with him and have that interview. It's just constantly in the back of my mind. I was like, am I worthy of this? And I know. I was kind of scared. Yeah, like, it's scary. Like, the bishops, you know, they always say, it's going to go you constantly, word for word, and yeah. all this stuff. I'm like, that's constantly in the back of my mind. And I'm like, have I repented of all my sins? Yeah. Like, all these... Um, Stuff started coming up instantly when I sat down. I'm like, am I even worthy? Of- like, does he even want to shake my hand? Exactly. <laughs> it's scary. But then as soon as, you know, you step into that office, all that doubt, and yeah. at least for me, it just Oh, yeah. No, away. well, literally as soon as I shook his hand, though, and he, like, greeted me, I was like, this guy's awesome. Um, instantly. You can just instantly feel that. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's really awesome. Um, All right. And then... This is the last main question, then we'll get into the quick question rounds, uh, which means quick question, they're quick questions, not quick answers, but uh, how do you think your mission will change the man you are to come? Obviously, I talked to Riley about this too, but obviously you can't predict exactly what, because yeah, the Lord will give you lots of trials in between those two years, but if you had to guess um, real quick, what kind of like growth would you see yourself doing? Well. Uh, I know it's a tough question, yeah, yeah. but well, I would most likely say loving for more people. Like you know, when we're driving, let's say to school or in Seattle, Ugh, we come on, <laughs> I hate it. it. But terrible. like you know, you see all these homeless people on the side of the road, and we you know may or may not be you know giving them a buck or two. We just drive by and not think twice about it. But, you know, going down to Tijuana. Um, That's going to be reality all the time. Yeah. And those people, you know, it's not like we're in the United States anymore. We're in Mexico. They don't have the same living conditions as we do. And living in those conditions, I'll most likely, you know, know what they're going through, at least to a degree, and be able to... Um, Feel more uh, sympathy. Yes. Sympathize with them. Yeah. So, you know, becoming more humble? Humble, yeah. yeah I was I about would, to say humane, say but... I mean, I, I, I yeah, guess it kind of works, hum, but you're humble, not killing a dog. <laughs> yeah, humble is such a better word for that. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, just seeing seeing what Christ wants us to see it in others. Like, we're, we've always been told, you know, live a Christ-like life. But when... Looking at others, you know, we may think we're above them, especially, you know, how we live yeah. comparison to, let's say, a homeless guy, person. Yeah, like almost like we're judging yeah. them. Yeah, we and... we see where we are 
and we see where they are, and we think of them as possibly less. But in God's eye, we're all equal. We're all equal. Yeah. And, you know, for me, that, like, you know, I still see everyone as equal mm-hmm. because, yeah. especially during youth conference, we talked about that the so potatoes. much. Yeah. But, but actually going down to Mexico and seeing that hands on. Yeah, li- living there and, and yeah. yeah, getting, like you said, hands on. Uh, it, it, yeah, it just helped. It, it almost finalizes and it's like a catalyst to fully solidify that humility and that just understanding of others yeah. completely. And then un- when looking at other leaders, like my pre- past preschool leaders, you see how, like when they talk about their missions, you see how much it impacts them. Like you can almost see them start to tear up mm-hmm. about it. Because they know that the experience they've had has yeah. been such an amazing one. Yeah, and going to the gospel aspect, my testimony in Christ, it can only grow. Mm-hmm. And going out there and helping people come unto Christ, that will help me grow my testimony in Him and know the love which Christ has for me. And it it can only help me help others. Like, like I said in the beginning, tons of friends, you know, have been asking me questions left and right. But knowing h- how to, you know, talk with them more. Because that's what I'm going to be doing for the next two years is... Talking about talking, the gospel. Exactly. Just being able to have that conversation with someone. But, you know, it's hard to say exactly what I'll be in two years. Yeah. You, you just don't know because... We can look back, say, what we were freshman year. Yeah. Punks, both of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, I could go back and yeah. uh, talk to my freshman self. I'd slap myself in the face. But, exactly. you know, again, though, it's like the idea of my trials I'm thankful for because I am as happy and joyful as I am now. Yeah. Um, for sure. So it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen in the future. But I know without a doubt that whoever's, whoever I'm going to be when I come back in two years, it's going to be a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. I think, especially when you're doing the Lord's work, it can only go up. Exactly. Um, like you said, your testimony. All right. Quick questions doesn't doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> expand quick, on it. Yeah. Um, well, no, 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 no. Quick questions doesn't necessarily mean quick answers. It's however um, you feel like answering it. All right. So um, here we go. Let's move right into it. Oh, okay. Um, what inspires you the most, and why? So what inspires me what the inspi- most? Well, what slash who? Like, maybe you have a person that you want to what talk about. What slash who inspires me the most? Well, you know, we have our parents every single day that we look up to. Yeah. But <clears throat> when thinking who inspires me the most, I have to wonder... Are you going to say Jesus? No. Okay. Well, of I mean, course. Of, of course, course him. I think that goes without saying. Yeah. All right. Never mind. But, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um... I have I had he moved over to you back over to Utah, but this amazing preschool leader, um, assist, assistant, no, um, preschool advisor, that's go. a word, but he, you know, he had two kids. They were so amazing, and you know, still are, but just how much he cared about each and every one of us and wanted us to grow, like when I turned in my papers. I instantly text him saying, hey, I turned in my mission papers and, you know, just seeing his emotion, well, not seeing, but hearing his emotions and seeing how he texts me. And when we talk on the phone, it's, you know, something else. I can just, you know, know how much he loves me and just looking up to him when of when he served his mission and how much he loves the Lord, how much he dedicates his life for that. It's something that I want to um, be something that I look up to him. It's like, this is what I should be doing in my life. And like, there's many more which I can go off on, but that's a f- first like guy. Your guy. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. I can, like, even though, you know, he lives down in Utah, I can instantly, I know I can text him with any question about a church. And like, even with life in general, saying, hey, I need to know this. And I know I'll get answer to exactly what I need. You know, it might not be the answer which I want, but he's not afraid to, you know, be blunt with me and say, yeah. 
this what right. I believe. Yeah. No, and what I believe you should be doing. And I love that about him. The bluntness, I hate being sugar-coated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, that was pretty dope. All right, so short-term thing you would recommend uh, the listeners to do before they go to bed tonight or whatever, like like a short-term kind of, uh, yeah, so like a short-term thing that you would recommend for them to do. Well, I wouldn't say tonight. I would say in the morning. Yeah. Um, I love this thing, which I've seen on Instagram so many times. It's this Navy Admiral. Um, he was talking to um, a graduating class, and he literally said, making your bed in the morning. Like, you can have like the most horrific day and going down rock hard. But when you go go to bed, you see that bed that was made. And you can take joy in that saying, yeah. I've made that bed. I've made that bed. I'm going to go sleep in it yeah, right like, now. Like, you know, when you're sleeping in bed, you're going to throw all that sheets off. Yeah. And whatever, make a mess. But you took that 25 seconds or a minute whatever how long it takes yeah, you to however long you end up taking yeah and you can take joy in that saying i made that and you know it's something that you see every single day it's something super small but no matter how bad your day is you always go back to your bed and you see that's that nice and, and that clean. could be the positive thing yeah, of your day exactly that could you, you yeah. know that's something i did to help myself and you don't think about it because you know it's just making a bed but it can add that impact in your life. And that's what I would say. Make your bed. All right. And, you know, it's going to make your mom happy. But yeah. it's something. It can make you happy. Yeah. Um, I think bigger picture. All right. And now long term. So a longer commitment, uh, maybe like a week, like a week challenge or a month challenge or just something that's more involved uh, than like making your bed. <laughs> um, finding the positives in everything. Um, I would challenge everyone. And I'll take up this challenge because I'm not the best at it either. Yeah. But journaling, um, when you're writing what's been going through your day, try to find, you know, the positives and everything that you do. Like, yes, write down the negatives, like yeah. I said. Yeah, because write down your emotions and then it's almost like then go through, highlight the ones that made you feel happy and think about those. Yes. And, like, everyone wants to be happy. No one wants to be depressed. No one wants to be sad. No. But... If we can find those happiness in our lives, we can think saying, oh, I actually did have a good day today, or this day wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I had these handful of happy moments. So, you know, start, start out at least, I would challenge everyone this week, every single night before you go to bed, write something, even just, you know, one sentence of, something positive that happened in your life. Yeah. And, you know, just you can keep going after the one week or you can stop after that. But after that first seven days of writing it, go back and, and think about think the positive th things yeah. that came from it. There you go. Yeah. Full picture. <clears throat> oh, hello there. <clears throat> Man, that's pretty rough. But yeah, full picture. You guys can't see this because I don't have video format yet. I'm making a big circle with my arms. Full circle. <laughs> The circle of life. The circle of life. Um, it's a really good idea, actually. And I think even to make it easier, you don't even have to write it down. Go to your phone notes. Exactly. And start the journal there. Literally, as you're setting your alarm, just go and it'd be like, do a sentence about how you well, how you felt, a positive thing about the yeah. day. That positive thing literally could be the bed making. Yeah. Or, you know, my friend made me laugh today. Yeah. Or um, this guy let me come over into his lane instead mm. of, you know, pulling up in front of me. He yeah, cut me he, off. Yeah. You know. He he slowed down so I can get over, so I can make my turn. Yeah. You know, those small and simple things which you would never think about, that can, you know, change your day. Absolutely. Man, this was actually super dope. That was an hour long, almost exactly <laughs> um, on there. Anyways, uh, do you have any last thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns you'd like to address before I hit the end record button? I would just say, you know, find positives and everything, and don't beat yourself up. Like, everyone's going to go through hard times, but just keep pushing, and it can only get better. 
and love Jesus. Love Jesus. Absolutely. All right, man. Appreciate it. Um, it's been super awesome. So uh, say tell yeah. tell everyone goodbye, and, and then we'll be able to. Hey, before you well, guys leave, and before you hit the button. Okay. All right, go for it. If you anyone wants to get my missionary email. Oh wait, missionaries yeah. have emails. Yeah, P day. Um, oh okay, yeah, P days. P days. We send out emails every single week. Um, I have a big group message which I have like fifty three people on already. That's but, crazy. You know, it's emails. I can go as high as I want. Yeah. Um, one second, let me find it. Um, and here's my email. So it's maverick. Dot Brady at missionary. Dot org. So I'm just gonna spell it out really yeah, fast. Yeah, pl- please do because that's uh, so, yeah. It's M A V E R I C K dot B R A D Y at symbol M I S S I O N A R Y dot org. All right, that's pretty sick. Uh, if you guys like, you know, like you said. Uh, you guys are free to get on his list, email him, do that type of stuff if you guys are uh, interested in what's happening. Obviously, also, uh, my Twitter page has the church's website on it if you guys want to take a look at that. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it, man. Of give, course. It, give it up top. Hope you have a beautiful day. You too. And peace. Once again, that was Mavic Brady, who is going to be going on his mission really soon. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed his perspective and the talk we were able to have. If you guys have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can follow me on Twitter and DM me um, some ideas or thoughts you may have. Uh, Once again, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and if you did, leave a rating on whatever platform you are on. Hope you guys have a beautiful day. Peace.